On today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast, I sit down with the wildly popular Jason Wilson, who's also a best-selling author of the books Cry Like a Man and Battle Cry, which is just about to come out. We talk about what it looks like to be a comprehensive man. Before we jump into that, though, I do want to give you two reminders. Number one, we have our family leadership program that is opening up in about a week. So if you want to jump into the next cohort, go to dadtired.com forward slash lead. Come hang out with us over there and learn what it looks like to be the spiritual leader of your home. I also want to thank our friends over at Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring today's episode. Samaritan Ministries is not insurance. It's a community of Christians paying one another's medical bills. When a medical need arises, you choose the healthcare providers and treatments that work best for you and your family. The medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries, and they notify members to pray and send you money for your shareable bills. The money received is used to help you pay for your medical bills. It's affordable with monthly share amounts starting at $250 for a family of three or more. And with no network restrictions, you choose the healthcare providers that best meet your family's needs. Signing up with Samaritan Ministries is quick and easy. You can join even today. You can choose to start your membership the day you complete your application, or you can have it begin the first day of a future month. They also have online resources available to help you choose a medical provider to figure out medical procedures and 24-7 access to medical professionals by phone or email to get medical advice before you visit the doctor, which is going to save you time and money. Samaritan members support one another by praying, encouraging, and sending money to help pay medical bills. It really is an amazing community. If you'd like to be part of it, go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash DadTired. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash DadTired. Well, man, last week you're hanging out with Joe Rogan, and this week you're hanging out with me. So I'm sorry for the downgrade. You know, I oh, think man, it's supposed- no downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're supposed no. to keep working your way up, but uh, you want to step backwards with me, man. But I appreciate you hanging out. How was that? How was it on Joe Rogan? Oh, man, uh, I had an amazing time. He's a really cool brother, man. And I have a saying that you know a leader by his team or her team. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I walked in, man, we were just... I mean, the way we were welcomed was just amazing. His team just, I mean, even when I was interviewing, my son was in the lobby and they went and got him something to eat and everything. Oh, so, wow. yeah, he has, I had a great time. And then just to have a conversation, you know, just to no format, he just wanted to go with the flow. And I was humbled that he even invited me to come. So, and then to see the response from, I mean, like on YouTube, I think it's almost 2000 comments and all of them are just men just expressing the things that they've been holding on to. And one that really moved me the most was a a trucker. He said he listened to the entire podcast while he was driving and he hadn't cried in such a long time and it felt so good. Mm. And we were just having a conversation, but men are, are really tired of having to conform to this world's definition of what it means to be a man. And they just want to be human now and they're tired of it. Yeah. It was cool, man, to see you so bold. You know, you didn't shy away from your normal message of just like this. You know, you didn't. Obviously, it's a different platform than like a platform mm-hmm. like ours. You know, we're pretty unapologetic about just letting mm-hmm. Jesus shape the way that we do things, and and you just kept your same message, man. It was you're. I love that about you. You're just so consistent. Whether you're on ESPN or you're on your Instagram or you're on Joe Rogan, like you're just so consistent. Uh, it's really yeah. respectable, man. Yeah, man. It's just. When you're really empowered by, you know, the Most High Spirit and you're a, a servant of Yeshua or Jesus, you know, I've learned more so than preach it, I I live it. 
Yeah. And so when you're really experiential, like your walk is experiential, yep. you really can't separate the two. And, and what's amazing, man, Joe actually opened the door for that. When he had mm-hmm. said, I was just telling him how heavy it is. And he looked me in my eyes. He says, it's a calling. And I said, yeah, it is. You know, and then we just talked. And that's, I really want to give him props, you know, because he wanted this message to be heard. Yeah. And I was, you know, what else humbled me, man, was when I listened to his podcast, I'd be, Joe is very informative, you know, especially, I love martial arts and especially the physical training yeah, yeah. aspect. And just for him just to listen to me, like, it was really humbling to me because I know all the people he's interviewed and it's like, man, you know, it was just a really humbling experience, man, just to uh, be on that type of platform and then to be able to share my story in such a way that men are inspired to really step out of emotional incarceration and start living the lives that they long for. So this is really a great overall, great experience, man. That's good to hear, man. It's good to hear. Yeah. It's, it's fun to, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and he's such fascinating guests all the time. And Joe's mm-hmm. such a, he's such a curious guy, you know, so he just, he, <laughs> got, he has such really good questions and really he can sit across from anyone and take the conversation anywhere. So it was, it was fun to, I've listened to probably hundreds of episodes of his. I think you brought a perspective that has never been on that platform before. And the way that you view leadership, masculinity, the way that you talked about how to treat women or how you've learned how to treat women. It was so fascinating. Just doesn't feel like it, it captures it well enough, but like it's just knowing all the people who listen to that show and, and the way that our culture kind of sees masculinity and women and humility and emotions and all this stuff. And to hear your perspective, you, I think what you did is God allowed you to just unveil a way of looking at the world that most people aren't looking at the Mm. world through that lens. It's the way that when Jesus was walking around and people were shocked, like, holy cow, you're doing this. And he's like, this is the way it was supposed to be. That's how Jesus was always preaching, right? This is the, you think this is normal in your kingdom, but in the Mm -hmm. kingdom of our, my kingdom, this is what's actually normal. And even though it seems Mm -hmm. foreign to you, this is what is actually normal. And I think Mm -hmm. you just did a really good job at like, I know what I'm presenting here feels radical or crazy. You know, nobody really talks like this, but this is actually the way it was supposed to be. (laughs) Here's how you're actually, here's how you're actually (laughs) supposed to treat women. Here's how you're actually supposed to deal with your emotions and masculine anyway. So it was cool to see you kind of unveil that. Yeah, man, it's, that's really true. And then, you know, it really, (laughs) when Joe was like, Hey man, more people need to hear about you. And when we were off air, we were walking out. He says, Hey man, get ready. I'm going to post this tomorrow. Mm. And he really, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, I don't care who you meet, who you watch, who you see on TV, man. Everyone is just, especially men, we're just human, man. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. It, that is just how it's supposed to be. But when you get to a place in time, even Yeshua says, well, woe to when days when uh, good becomes evil and evil becomes good. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing now. And it's like, okay, you are here, followers of Christ say, we're in the end times. And I always tell people to be careful. I say, first and foremost, it is written that no one will know the time. Right. Okay. We have the signs, but at the end of the day, you won't know when he comes. Right. But not only that, every generation that I have lived have said Christ is coming. 
Right. <laughs> I remember, I remember in the in the 80s when it was a big scare with the nuclear weapons. It was a I'm much older than you, but it was a they had a special called the day after. It was on ABC News, man. I never forgot it. Hmm. And then they had a panel discussion about nuclear weapons. And you had the religious people saying, we're close to the end days. And here it is, 2021. You know, I say all that to say is that we need to be more concerned about what Christ said that we should do before he left than being more concerned about him coming back. I agree. And when we get to the place where we can share our faith by what we do, like James said, what is the goal of the gospel? It's to bring the good news to those who are hurting. Yep. And unfortunately, we're shining our lights. Christ has shined our lights in such a way that men will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. That's right. Unfortunately, we're shining our lights too strong. We're shining, we're shining our lights in such a way that it's blinding people. Mm. It's turning people off. Yep. And my desire and my calling is to be like Christ. You remember the religious people is who killed them. Yep. And so, but he was really there for the, the normal everyday person. They really need hope. And that's why I'm, I'm, I've been created and called for a time like this. Yeah, I've, I've written this before, but I always say if the gospel isn't good news to the, the most broken person, and if it isn't a little bit of makes the religious a little bit uncomfortable. You're probably not preaching the gospel of Jesus, right? Because <laughs> it always did those two things. Yeah, it made the religious uncomfortable. And it was always good news. The most sinful in the room always loved mm. to have Jesus around. That's the truth, um, man. I've heard you seem intentional about calling, you use the words most high, Yeshua. Where does that come from? You well, know, even in the Christian community, that's those mm. aren't phrases that are used a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, for you know, for instance, you know, his name was not Jesus. Any right. theologian would tell you that. Right. So I don't, you know, for us to keep calling them that it's either something that's personal to you, you've grown to it and, and that's, it works for you. And that's, that's cool for you. When I found out that his name was closer to Yahushua and we understand what the word means in Hebrew and then our father in heaven throughout the Bible, he's called the most high. Yeah. David, that's all he called him. And Lord is really Adonai, which is Hebrew for the Lord. So when I found out that was his name, I wanted to call him by his name. And it really opened up a different world for me as far as my walk with him. I, it was like I really started to know him more. So that's why I use, you know, we say hallelujah, say highest praise to Yah. Why don't we just say highest praise to Jah? Right. But hallelujah translates hallelujah, kumbaya. It's always, his name has always been there, Ob- Obadiah, Jeremiah. Yeah. All, all is all there, man. And so, that's why I chose, you know, I'm not like Jesus said, we'll break the commandments for the sake of tradition. Right. And I'm not a traditionalist by any stretch of the means. I just want to know the truth and I want to walk in that. That's simply why I use the names. I love it. Have you read that book? John Mark Homer wrote a book called God Has a Name. No. Oh man, so hmm. good. It's so good. Let me, yeah. can I write that down? Yeah, right write now? it down, man. It's, yeah, 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 God Has a Name by John Mark Homer. It's so good because it's a lot of what you were saying there, the premise, me and my buddy were just talking about this the other day, but we're essentially when you just call God, God, it's like calling your wife woman. Yes. It's so general. Right. But when yes. I call my wife, if, even if I call my wife, her name, my wife's name is Layla. So if I call mm. her Layla, it still isn't accurately depicting our relationship. In fact, mm. if I call her Layla, her name, it feels like, why are you saying my name? Are we in trouble? If she says my name, Jerry, <laughs> you know, are we in trouble? 
but I call her babe mm. or, you know, I, I have all these nicknames for her or these like these really personal names. And the way that the name that I call her is a symbolic of the way that we relate to each other. Mm. And so if you just say God, it's like saying to my wife, woman, woman, mm. mm-hmm. but when I, when I call her, her name, yes, the personal name it is actually, it's symbolic of the, that deep intimate relationship. Mm. And I think that's yes. what you're getting at. It is. You can't escape it. It's salvation is in the name, not the title. Yeah. And so, you know, one thing we have to be careful of as well, for those who still use Jesus, you know, I, for, for decades, I would pray in his name and people would get healed and delivered. And so I, I know God is omniscient as well. I know he knows when that heart is in line with right. you, he knows who you're praying to. However, when I found out his name, how beautiful it was and what it translates to me, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> This is it. And then more people are starting to say it, even at my publisher, you know, even my first publisher would cry like a man. It was beautiful to hear them say Yahshua, Yahushua, or Yah, mm-hmm. for God, mm-hmm. just for mm-hmm. sure. It was just, it was just really beautiful. And just to see us break free from just tradition is, is just beautiful in and of itself. Yeah, man. Last time we had you on, you were just releasing Cry Like a Man. Obviously, that book has done really well. So cool to see how successful it's been. And beyond, and I know this is your heart, like beyond success, obviously you've sold a bunch of copies and that's, that's great. But bigger than that, man, is like guys are breaking down walls, walls that have been up for, for maybe generations, right? Like passed on to them. And now they, and so to see those, like he, that healing come from it, that's the really cool part. And I know you love that, you know, just see like, what stories have you, even from cry, like a man, like, what have you heard? And just like sticks out to Man, me. Man, I mean, just getting flooded. Oh my goodness! Sure. It's, yeah. it's yeah, the, the, yeah. Direct messages have been overwhelming with that, and especially after the Joe Rogan interview, just hearing because they they bought Chronic Man again, and mm. so it shot back up to number one and number two, the audio book and the the paperback, so, as as well as Battle Cry, my new book. And so it, it was just a sign that men are like, look, this yeah. is what I've been feeling for so long. But again, just to hear men say. You know, I was on the verge of suicide mm. because I thought feeling weak, I couldn't, I wasn't being a man. And, and you telling me that the other emotions that I feel is still a part of manhood saved my life. I can go on and on. I when the actor, Lawrence Fishburne, he read my book on a flight from California to New York mm. and called me and said how moved he was. Wow. Those stories is, you know, I tell authors all the time, so many would get discouraged because their books don't sell a lot of copies. I said, well, you need to write the book with one person in mind. Yep. They're like, what do you mean? I said, what if, especially if you're a Christian, so what if the Most High said, look, I need you to write this book, but it's for one person. Content would you be in writing this book? Yep. So you want to reach a million people or say just say 50,000 people, but this one person has a gift in them that will help create an antidote for something that's coming that will save millions of people. But he needs your book because right now he's being abused. Yeah. And so that's what I'd always try to keep in front of me, you know, write my book for that one person. And Battle Cry, when I wrote it in COVID during the, the height of the pandemic, I would pray, man. And I had eight hours a day to write. I would pray. I said, you know, Holy Spirit, empower me because this feels beyond me. I want to make sure what I'm saying to these men, it really helped them. And that was my process every morning, every morning. Mm-hmm. I need to write to that man. And that's why instead of writing it like a story, you know, Cry Like a Man, I got with a, an amazing storyteller. That's why it read so well, because I wanted it like a movie. 
So once I wrote everything, I sent it to them, and they were able to craft it, and we go back and forth. You know the process. Mm-hmm. Battle Cry, I wanted to be a pocket coach for every man who was in need. Yeah. So they'd be like, they hear me, and if, oh, man, I need to hear this chapter. I need to hear Jason tell me this today. And that's yeah. why I wrote it that way. I'm imagining, you know, one of the reasons that you've, people have really grown in a tent, like they've given you their attention and you're, you're growing in kind of popularity is a lot of the videos that you did were like with the kids and you're just one-on-one, you're like all those moments that have gone viral on video where you're just one-on-one with a, with a kid, a young boy, and you're coaching them through that. How do you kind of balance that? I'm here for you personally, one person whether that's a boy or it's a dad or it's a man and you're just, you're talking to them while also balancing. Now you've got it kind of, in many ways, it feels like you've started a little bit of a movement. So you're like, you've got the mood, you've got big picture stuff going, but now you're also trying to pay attention to the one person right in front of you. How do you balance that? And I say that, like, as you think about that, I think about the dad who, you know, he's not writing books and he's not starting a movement, but he's trying to think a big picture. I'm trying to retire and I'm trying to work hard. I'm thinking about 30 years from now but I'm also trying to be fully present with my wife who's sitting right in front of me, my son or daughter who's right in front of me. How do you balance those two things? I don't balance them. I don't believe in the concept of like a balanced life as a believer for that's the case. That means the most high is here. And no, let's not even get that deep. Let's say my family is in this hand and this is my goals, my dreams and aspirations, retirement, et cetera, the cave of Adullam ministry, whatever. And if it's balanced, that means everything is even. Mm. So I'm spending just the same amount of time here as I am here. That's not good. My family should always tip the scale. Okay. And so that's how I I weigh things out. So what you see on social media or even with the cave of Adullam, it starts there. I just record it and then I share it. Then it goes everywhere else. I am who I am at home first. I am who I am here first. For these boys and young men. And then I let the world see so that they can be inspired by the change in their individual lives. That's how I stay in balance. So I make sure my family, we always tip in the scale. Of course, God isn't even on the scale. You know, he's on a whole nother level. Yeah. So I don't even put him on there. But as far as my family, what he's given me, where communities are built from, it's healthy homes. So I, this is it. This is where I, I branch out from. Yeah. And the cave of development ministry, all that. Everything else, the success, you know, I define my success. I never forget the time when, man, I could have done a lot of speaking engagements and they're paying a lot of money. And my one of my mentors, he says, What's wrong? You don't want to be successful. And as we were ordering our food when the waitress left, I pulled up a picture of my family and I showed it to him and I said, I'm already successful. Mm. So I really have nothing to reach for. Honestly, you know, it's like, I'm cool where I am. Like, I remember, I I think I said it on Joe Rogan. I said, because he says, how do you deal with the pressure? I said, man, really, the pressure isn't in the culture and what we're dealing with. Like, cancel culture. If they were to cancel me, that would be a blessing because that means (laughs) I get to go back to where I came. You know, no, no more attention. That's my desire. Yeah. Okay. However, the pressure is when you're out in the public, when people are looking at you. And you say, as soon as you say, I represent the most high, now that's pressure. Yeah. Because the apostle Paul said it best. He says, our God is blasphemed amongst the Gentiles because of us. Mm. So I always keep that in mind. And I pray every day against 
every temptation, everything that could cause me, bump me. I don't care about my name, my image, none of that. My concern is that I don't bring shame to his name. Enough mm. people have done that. Man, we need, so, more, yeah, we need more of that mindset. Yeah, have you have you received any like critique or criticism from it? Have you heard anyone like knocking what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, you hear it every once in a while, you know. But it's a rarity because when you hear it, it's I know the place where it's coming from. It's uh, a place of misunderstanding. Because if I was to sit down with someone, you know, and talk, typically we end up agreeing, you know, unless it's something off the wall that they may say or something I may say that may not be lined up. But if we're willing to just reason with each other. We really leave the table with a great understanding. But most people are traumatized, Jared. And so it's like, they'll say things like, you know, the thing that that kind of bothers me is when I I see someone say, do you only train Black students? Mm. And I know the place where that's coming. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I always ask them, First, I say there's no sign on the cape of Adullam that says colored's own. Right, okay. Right, right. Two, it's not in our mission statement, it's not on our website or anywhere. But three, this is what I asked them. I say, I hope you have that same question when you see other martial arts schools with all white classes. Right. Then they get quiet. Right. You understand? And so, but the real question you should ask me is why aren't there more of my white sons coming to the cape of Adullam? Yeah. That's the real question. Yeah. Okay. We're in Detroit, so it's predominantly African-American, but I've worked with some of my, I mean, some great white kids, man, and they all got the same issues, man. They need help. Yeah. And so that right there, I say, man, that's, but it's rooted in ignorance. And I just, I don't give it any energy, you know, and anything else is negative. It's a cause and effect, man. People have been hurt, been let down by so-called, you know, leaders and influential people. So I get it, man. If you question my integrity or my sincerity, I'm not, you know, I'm not the most high. So you should. Hey, I get it. So I'm it's, okay with it. man. Yeah. It's interesting because I, the reason I asked that is because I imagine it's only a matter of time, right? You get big enough and they'll try to find something to poke at, <laughs> but it's really fascinating because you are in many ways teaching what it looks like to be a man. You're helping men really discover what as you call it, you know, comprehensive manhood. And this is a little bit, if we get in the weeds here too much, or it's too controversial, let me know, you know, if we don't want to go here, but I've thought before, and I've talked to some of my friends about this, when men are who God has designed them to be fully. And I think you would say comprehensive man, when they're comprehensive, the lion and the lamb, you got the balance. Our women are feel safer in every sense of the word. And I don't mean just mean that physically. I mean, they, they just feel emotionally like they thrive. Women thrive when men fully understand who they are as a comprehensive man. Would you agree with that? I mean, women are tell you that. I mean, for so long, they would, what was the mantra? A uh, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Oh man. Women don't want to hear that anymore because really it is happy husband and wife. You understand? And then yeah. it's possible you will have a, a great life, but, it, but a follower of the most high. We know adversity is a part of life. Yeah. Me and my wife, our whole goal is to know each other's intent. Of course, when I was emotionally incarcerated, Jared, I was hard to deal with. We were about to get separated in mm. 2015. I could only yeah. express anger or aggression. Yeah. What I needed to express was my hurt. 
some, you know, our wives can say things that hit us like a Tyson punch. Yep. And so instead of me conveying to her how much her lack of trust in me really takes the life out of me and discourages me, I yell or hit the table. You mm-hmm. always got something to say. I can't seem to do nothing right. Mm-hmm. And now she has her guards up, her, her hands, her guard up. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. When I became comprehensive, when I be, became, I was already strong, but when I became sensitive and free enough to express that sensitivity. I was already courageous, but then when I started exuding compassion, I started living freely from the good in my heart, and I stopped letting my fears dictate my reactions. Yeah. And absolutely, man, women desire for their husbands to know who their husbands really are. Yeah. And, you know, this was interesting, man. Um, In the beginning, God created Adam and gave him a responsibility, which was tending the garden. When he created Eve, he gave her a relationship, Adam. So here it is, man, used to using his hands. And again, this is another reason why we as men identify who we are with what we do, which is not good at all. That way you would never rest. You're always dad tired. (laughs) You're constantly moving. But how can you connect with a human? who was created for relationship, but you can only access masculine attributes. Mm. That's the problem. Yeah. So when you're not comprehensive, you can't really relate. You don't understand. Right. You only know one language, boldness, strength, provision, aggression, et cetera. Yep. She is, I heard one guy had a, a virtual conference and this guy really made a, gave a great analogy. He says men in regards to emotions is that little eight crayon box. Yeah. But women are is a 64. <laughs> yeah, okay? that is a good analogy. Now, what we have to understand is that the most high didn't create some emotions for men and some for women. Mm. He created two humans and all of the emotions were for both of them. Mm. That's why David was what? Courageous. He was a warrior, but he also was a praise and worshiper. He would cry out to the Most High. He was compassionate at times. To me, the pinnacle of comprehensive manhood is Yeshua or Jesus. Yeah. You know, he made a whip out of cords to run money changes out the temple, but yet at the same time, he'll heal people who are hurting. Or weep when his friend hears that he fell. Oh, yeah, when yeah. Lazarus died. Yeah. And I, I just shared, you know, what's amazing about that. I shared in Battle Cry where how this, he knew he could raise Lazarus from the grave. But he still wept so much that people around was like, whoa. Yeah. Because it was a natural release for the human body. And so as men, when we suppress our tears, we actually hold back stress hormones that get excreted from our bodies when we cry. You should study the work of a biochemist, Dr. William Frey. He discovered that tears, when you cry from emotional like pain and, or trauma, they not only contain 98% water, but also stress hormones. So you wonder why men are leading, like, what is it, three to four times as likely to commit suicide as women. We commit over 70% of homicide. Nine out of 10 people who live to be over 100 are women. And so, you know, we we have a a serious issue on on hand and we need to give men the freedom to feel, man. I mean, how many, you know, I know a lot of men who who died early, prematurely, I would say. Yeah. Okay. And what if they would have had an opportunity to feel fear, not to, to just have to push through it? Like, and I'm going to be, I'm not going to, they're not going to know I'm scared. I'm going to go in this community anyway. 
and you know over there is a game, or mm. you know at this house party you have a weakness it relates to peer pressure, you know your heart isn't good, and you know there's going to be drugs there. But you can't not show because you know people will talk about you at school on Monday. Yeah. So you can't even say, no, this is dangerous for me. I can't go because you, you're buying into what the world says a man is or a young man is. And look how many of our young boys are dying, you know, at college parties and things like that, just trying to live up to the masculine facade. And this is truly a tragedy. It is a tragedy, man. And that's what I love what I heard you talk about this before, but you got that essentially a program. I know you're, you're doing this with your son, but you're also doing this with the boys at the cave where it's like, we're not just going to teach you martial arts. We're going to teach you what it means. uh, Going back to what you talk about, what it means to be a comprehensive man. So you're going to tackle all that stuff. When I heard you talk about that, I'm like, how do you, this is like the entrepreneur side of me maybe, but I'm like, how do you scale that? There's so, (laughs) I know your wait list is hundreds long now, probably thousands long after, (laughs) after the Joe Rogan episode, but how do you scale how do we get more men? And I'm, I grew up without a dad around. So I'm mm-hmm. like craving, mm-hmm. I'm craving as a boy, like teach me what it means to be a man. And now I'm a dad of a son and I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out what process can I take him through to be a man. But I'm like, how do we get more guys who are starting to tap into this comprehensive manhood to train young boys all around mm-hmm. the country and world to go through this? Our board of directors, they ask that at every board. Meeting. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so- yeah. It's interesting. My psychotherapist, when he read Battle Cry, he was like, he says, I think this is your trainer trainer manual. Mm. I said, why do you say that? He says, because the work you're doing with boys, it's not just physical. You're dealing with psych- psychology, dealing on spiritual mm-hmm. uh, and also physical level. The person who instructs them has to become whole. Right. Battle Cry gives men that opportunity to really break through what they've been through. Because you can't really help someone if you haven't even broken through yourself. That's right. So that's what I'm hoping would work. And what's public now, Lawrence Fishburne actually mentioned it in the interview. I signed with his film company in 2018 to do a story. Uh, did I tell you this? A documentary on my life. Yeah. And it's finally coming out, man, early 2022. Okay. And it's going to be on one of the large streaming platforms. Yeah. But so I'm thinking like, man, when that come out, it's going to go a viral video, we had to shut our offices down for two days. Right. So I can't imagine when a documentary yeah. comes out. And this, when I say, if you could put every video you've seen me working with the boys into one film, that's how powerful this is. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a movement, it, man. It's going to be a movement. Yeah. It's going to be a so, movement. Yeah, so I, yeah. scaling it, man, you know, I'm real careful with that because it's a desire, but I got to make sure it's his will. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that I'm only one person. There'll never be another the University of Michigan, if you want to tr- go to University of Michigan, you have to come where? Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's not scaled throughout the country. I'm really, it's really up in the air. I don't know how, because you, again, the person who leads, say, say if a cave was to open in Chicago, the leadership team there, they have to have so much support because of the compassion fatigue that comes along with this work. Uh, yeah. It's so much more than just having a body there. Yeah, And so I'm really trusting God on that, man. Like, Jared, I can't get prepared for this moment. It's just like David. He was anointed, but he could, he, it just wasn't enough time for him to get prepared. Mm-hmm. He literally had to hit the ground running. And that's what Mosiah has been telling me. He says, Jason, it's, it, don't stress yourself out trying to get prepared. Live in the moment and trust me. 
And so I'm trying not to look too far ahead, but knowing I'm trusting that when I get there, there will be an answer for that question. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see how those prayers end up being developed and answered and all that God has for that, man. You talked about like, you know, you thought you were going to get separated. I've been there. I've shared that story a lot with our audience that my wife and I went through really terrible. And in fact, we just did an episode on this recently where my wife was sitting just right over here in the corner. And we talked about how lack of a comprehensive man I was. (laughs) I was ruled by my emotions instead of, yes. you know, and yeah. so I just, my emotions were in full control and it hurt a lot of people, mm-hmm. hurt my wife. I thought it was going to end up, end us up in a divorce. Mm-hmm. How did you personally move from that? And I kind of, a, am also curious, cause I've heard you talk about the way that you're raising your son currently is different than how you raised your daughter. And you've even said you had some regrets about that. I imagine that all of that was blended together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was very dogmatic. I was the very definition of disciplined dad. Mm-hmm. Everything had to be like this in this way. Uh, I remember my daughter, when her room would get junky, I would just yell. Instead of saying, well, wait a minute, let me ask her what's going on in her life to why she can't even keep her room organized. Mm-hmm. And she was dealing with a lot in middle school, you know, which is tough for many kids, but I just wasn't there, man, emotionally, man. Even when my wife had five miscarriages, man, just to be honest with you, I was sad, but I didn't even know how to process the group. Mm. So I was just, okay, and I would go watch sports or something because those emotions, are, what am I supposed to do, cry? Yeah, You know what I mean? And so what got me to comprehensive manhood, what moved me from just being a masculine male was when the first love of my life started deteriorating right before my eyes, and that's my mom. She developed dementia, and... I mean, my world turned upside down. It was crazy. And what made it worse was that I was just used to having control over things. Like, okay, I can fix this. Okay, you need to do this, this, and this. Let's make a plan here. Pharmaceutical companies are charging too much. Let me deal with them. I was kind of like, as a, a masculine male, I could do that part. But when mom kept asking me the same question 30 times within two minutes or she would get agitated and curse at me, or she would have a stroke, or she needed me to wash her face, wash her sometimes. Mm. I'm like, whoa, this is too much. And so I prayed. I never forgot this. I prayed for the most high to take her life Mm. because I felt she wasn't living a good life. And it was so clear, man. I sat on her back porch and he said, Jason, he says, that's not love. That's fear. Mm. My concern wasn't that my mom wasn't living a full life. It was that I couldn't deal with it. And it would be easier for both of us if wow. he was just to call her home. Wow. And he was like, no, he says, you need to understand why it's written a perfect love cast out fear. You must become a comprehensive man. And that's the only way you're going to be able to give your mom everything that she needs. So when that shifted, instead of getting on this emotional roller coaster with mom, And anyone who has a a loved one who has Alzheimer's or dementia, they know if you hop on that with them, everything is crazy. I've learned to stay on the ground and watch my mom take this ride. And when the ride was over, I would gracefully hold her by her hands and walk her off and then make sure she's mentally settled instead of yelling or getting frustrated. I never filed nails before, man, like woman's nails and polishing. I did that 
eagerly for my mom. Mm. I would comb her hair. I would take coconut oil and massage her scalp just to calm her brain, uh, rub her feet. That transformed me into the man you see today because I still had to pull on the lion. I remember when my mom had, had her last mini stroke, they admitted her in a rehab. So I'm like, okay, cool. We're looking like a week or so. Man, they had planned on keeping her there for like two months wow. because they make money off the insurance. Right, right, right. That's when I had to turn into the lion. That's when I had to draw my masculine attributes and demand. Like it was even, it, listen, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but this is not an option. Mm. I said, she needs to be out of here this Friday. Mm. And they agreed. And when the, they walk, the doctor walked out, I saw my mother just shaking her head, smiling. Mm, wow. She saw that I was to that place. I was, her prayer has always been not that I'd be successful or rich, but that the most high will let her live long enough that she could see that I made it wow. and making it to her. I wanted to buy her house and all these other things. It was surviving on my own, having a family. And being able to make it. And that was her prayer. He asked me. Yep. So that was the start of you seeing that side in yourself. It's like, oh man, I'm not just, I don't just have this lion side of me, but mm-hmm. I've got like this lamb side of me. And you were forced into a situation where you had to be instead of yes. giving up. And that, and, and, and that's why I say, yeah, yeah, I say in battle cry at the end of courageous transparency, you know, any man that wants to break free and start to feel more. Find the person in your life, not find, go to, because we already know who they are, who pulls out the non-masculine emotions in you. Mm. This could be your grandmother, gra- aging grandfather. Do you, think uh, kids, do, you th- do you think kids bring out that side in a man? Yes, the nurturing side, absolutely. You know, when Kobe Bryant passed, and I shared this as well, that look what happened. You didn't see images of him dunking or just being dogmatic on the court. You saw images of him, what? Hugging daughters, Gianna. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then it went viral. The next thing you know, the hashtag girl dad mm-hmm. started trending. Then you saw men all over the world posting images with their daughters. So, yes, that's it brings out nurturing. However, when you got someone who really is aging and it hurts you to be around them, mm. or I take my hats off to uh, parents who have children who are dealing with serious illnesses. Mm-hmm. That's what you can't front no more. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's just your daughter acting mad or sad, you can kind of work. You can still be, yeah, okay, baby, you can work that out. I'm here yeah, for yeah. you. Oh, God, <laughs> we be okay. Ah. Yeah, yeah. God forbid your daughter has cancer. You know, I had to help one of my close friends go through this recently with his son. And he just, I welcomed his tears. Mm-hmm. He's a strong, providing, like, man, like, man of the most high, like, lying, 100% yeah. lying. Yeah, he broke down crying. I just hugged him mm-hmm. in the parking lot in front of something, just let him cry because he needed that release. Yeah, but it was nothing like that. Nothing else but that could have gotten that out. So I tell men, if you really want to fight that right fight, and you're tired of being a slave to your emotions. Go to where it hurts. Mm-hmm. It could be your wife. It could be like man. I got one guy. His wife has MS. Mm-hmm. It breaks him because. He loves her, but he says, cry like a man helped him see that it was normal to be hurting, you know, because yep. if yep. not, you think 
You're not a man because you're feeling weak today. Yep. Your wife, the woman you've been married to for over, I think it was like 20 years now for him, is deteriorating right before your eyes. There is no really happy day anymore. And this, this is a thing that we need to also understand as believers. It is written that we can grieve the heart of the Most High God, okay? If Yeshua, Jesus, wept throughout the streets of Jerusalem because they, the people were like sheep without shepherd, we would be foolish to think that every time the sun rises, that the Most High doesn't shed tears at what he sees here on this planet. Mm. And we're crazy. Mm. If I'm grieved, I can't imagine, because they know what's going on with everyone. Right. Godhead knows what's going on with the entire world. Right. So when we're seeking this perpetual happiness, which, again, is not a solid concept because every emotion is fleeting. Yep. So here you're telling a man to stay strong, which we do just to comfort each other and stay strong, bro. We're subconsciously telling each other that when we're weak and when we're tired, we're not a man. Mm. And so we have to understand that it's not just two sides, there's many sides to manhood. I've heard an interpretation going back to what we're talking about when Jesus wept, even knowing that he could raise Lazarus from the dead. The the weeping, I've heard an interpretation say that part of that was that Jesus in his humanity, at the same time being fully human and fully God at the same time, but he's faced with this isn't how it's supposed to be. You know, and so he knows he, Jesus, and like you were saying, God grieves, like, look at the creation, what I intended humanity to be and to flourish. And it's not, and it grieves his heart and praise God. He didn't leave us in that, you know, and then he's redeeming all, there is hope at the end of that story. Yeah, He does yeah, raise that, from the dead. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, what I've learned, Jared, is uh, this is very interesting, man. I've been talking to a lot of, I have a few friends who are theologians and and apologists especially, Mm. they're to the place now where they say, I don't know. Mm. Because we we all have the same Bibles. There's only so much in it. And when you look at a lot of stuff that we're taught, man, it's just opinions. Yes. (laughs) It's just just your opinion, man. Yeah. I mean, because only commentary I really would like to read is from Yeshua. Exactly. Yeah, it's all commentary. You know, uh, Everything we yeah, listen to is commentary. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but like when he talks about blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God, okay? Can I see the, his commentary on what like, can he <laughs> right. break down? I don't right. need to. I mean, because yeah. what happens is when we, we put man here, yeah, or higher, their words become almost as important as what's written in the scriptures. Yep. I, so, I agree with you 100%. Oh, yeah, man. It's, 100%. It's, uh, and so I say that to say, even that, just this, we have to know it all. Mm-hmm. The word theology means to study God, right? Or the study of God, okay? It's written in the Gospels that if everything that Yeshua did was written down, it wouldn't be enough books on earth to contain right. it. Right. So you're talking 33 years. Now let's go back to Genesis and talk about all who the most high is. That can't be contained in 66 books. Right. You can't really study him. You can study what he left, but you can't study him. Once you think you figured him out, he's no longer almighty. Right. Yeah. If you can understand everything, he's not God anymore. It's, and so it's so freeing when I see pastors break free from that pressure because the majority of them are good men, man. 
mm-hmm. but they're put in a position where they like to go to the, the Bible answer man. Yep. Some stuff like Job said at the end, I thought I knew you, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love being in that place mm-hmm. because I get to learn and constantly learn more about him. I give him room to be almighty. Yep. And imagine this, man. I talk about how difficult it is for the most high to use only masculine men, men who are limited to masculinity. Because when he needs us to be compassionate, we can't. When he needs us to be nurturers, we can't. Mm. And then it's written when he needs us to be weak so that his son or Christ's power is perfected. Yeah. We can't. Yeah. Because we will have to grind all the time. And so here it is now. Not only is masculinity limiting our lives, it's limiting the power of Christ in us. Wow. Because we're only allowing him to use us in masculine ways. Wow. Wow. Yeah. When you guys, like for the listener who's listening to that, just rewind the last 30 seconds <laughs> and go back <laughs> and listen to that again. Cause that was, that's powerful. You talked about sitting on the back porch of your mom's house and feeling that fear. What do you think guys are afraid of? As you deal with men, like what are some things you think guys are afraid of? Being exposed. Mm. Number one, being seen for who they really are mm-hmm. and they're not accepted. Mm. That's a man's worst fear. So we shy away from being married. We won't get engaged because why? Because she'll know eventually that you're not this always happy guy. You don't always have the master plan. Mm-hmm. You have struggles. And so they say, nah, man, I can't do that one. What are the consequences for the guy who ends up getting married? Most of our listeners are going to be married guys. (laughs) And so they end up getting married. And now their fear is, I'm going to be exposed to my marriage. What are the consequences of that? So you're saying the guys who are listening, they're engaged now, maybe, or what? Well, well the mo- mo- yeah, most guys who are married are dads, you know, so they're okay. likely, oh, okay. yeah, for sure. yeah, they're, they're, likely, they're yeah. likely married and they've got kids and, and they still feel that fear. I'm going to be exposed. So what does that look like for them? Well, that happened to me. It's like, you know, <laughs> but when you get to the place of you being tired of not being able to say you're tired, you're not going to care. Mm. They just haven't reached a place where they're tired of being in this mental prison or this mental jail cell and a door right in front of them wide open. Mm. You have to get to the place where you say, uh-uh, this enough is enough. I was created to be a human being as well. And then they have to learn once they get this freedom of expression, we have to be very careful on being wise and knowing the right time when we share things that could be heavy with our spouses. Mm. Now, Solomon says there's a time for everything, okay? As soon as you come home every day, everything that you've been dealing with is bad or stressing you. Yeah. You can't just bring that home because your team, the family, would get discouraged. And I write about the huddle principle. If I'm, I use Tom Brady as an example, actually, Super Bowl 51 against the Atlanta Falcons. When they were down, I forgot the number of points in the first half, and no team had ever come back from a deficit that great. What if he would have went to the huddle and said, hey, look, guys, I already got whatever, I think, three or four Super Bowl rings. No team in NFL history has ever come back from this type of deficit. I'm getting hit hard. Y'all ain't protecting me like y'all should. Look, let's just call this a day and, you know, we'll try this next year. The team would have looked at each other like, right. okay, yeah, yeah. this is an L. This is definitely an L. 
if Tom Brady checks out. Right. As the husband, we're in that position. Mm. We can't come to the huddle like, look here, y'all, and your kids there and your wife. I just got another layoff notice. Nine times out of ten, we, I probably won't have a job on Friday. You know. So now, should your wife know that you did get a layoff notice? Absolutely, because a lot of times men hold that onto themselves and their wives. God has given them a solution, mm. an alternative, That's or good. a way they could deal with it. That's good. But this is the key. So, how do you determine the right time? Read the temperature of the room. How is your wife feeling today? Mm. And then when you build a good enough relationship, you can come to her. I've been taught by my psychotherapist is, um, hi, my wife's name is Nicole. Hey, Cole, I got something I want to share, but I want to make sure this is the right moment for you to give me your undivided attention and that you have the capacity to hear what's heavy on my heart. So good. Yeah. And so when that happens, they say, okay, cool. Well, right now I got to do this meeting and then these other things. Can we circle back at eight? That's awesome. And then you go, and then you both hit attack that with prayer as well. A lot of us, especially men of the most high, we don't pray enough with our wives. Mm-hmm. Like my wife, Nicole and I, we have to pray every day, morning and night. If not, it's beef. That curse is for real. Okay, mm-hmm. for us. Her desire to rule me, but I will rule over her. Mm-hmm. That's a constant war. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand how difficult it is for a woman to submit to a man that she's cursed to follow. Mm. And so we have to be proactive, both of us. So our marriages will shine the light of Christ in it and not the uh, light of conflict. Yeah. Man. As we wrap up here, bro, let's just say we got a young dad. He's in his late twenties, early thirties or early forties, somewhere in that range. He's got some young kids. He's just grinding through life. Hmm. And what you said, I imagine is going to hit that. I'm afraid of being exposed. I work hard. I come home. I feel like I got no control over my emotions. I snap at my kids. Hmm. I'm not really connected emotionally with my wife. I'm just working hard. What do you say to that guy? Man, I talked to my younger version of myself. I would tell that guy to, if he's tired, like, If this guy is ready to break free from emotional incarceration and wants to become a comprehensive man, I would tell him to start with one step at a time. A lot of times the motivational teachers will tell you, run for it, just go for it. Don't let fear stop you and do that. No, 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 no. Too many of our men have been through a lot and we need to take our time and then take time to reflect on what we've been through so that we can release it and reset into the next step. We're taking things that have happened to us in the previous step to the next step into the next step. And then we're wondering why we still have unresolved anger, lack of patience. So I would tell that, that young man or grown man, take that first step, get off the mat or the bed in your jail cell and take one step towards that open door. Mm. But in that first step, I want you to reflect on all that you've been through. And then ask yourself, what do I need to do to break through what I've been through? Mm. And write that down. What would winning the war internally look like for you? Mm. For many, it would be being more patient with my wife, speaking up at work when a coworker tries to intimidate me. A flirtatious women in my profession, I want to be faithful. 
those are things that are very attainable, but we have to put them in front of us. And so I always tell men to dream big. What would that really, getting completely healed from my father wound so that I can love fully from my heart. Those are some attainable things. But if we start running towards that door, when we hit that hallway, now we're hit with shock because you're still feeling everything and you don't feel free. Mm. When you take your time to process what you're going through, each step, when you get to that door, you'll say, I deserve to be here. Mm. I did the work. I'm not going back. It took too long and I'm going to keep pressing forward. So to be kind to themselves, give themselves grace and no condemnation. It is written that those who are in Christ, Yeshua or Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. So do not condemn yourself for the things that you've done or the things that you just did three minutes ago. Mm. If you offended someone, reconcile immediately. Start telling your wife, that was not my intent. Say that just like that. Mm. My intent is to love you, not to hurt you. When me and my wife got that, we don't argue no more, man. Mm -hmm. We have a disagreement or we get on each other's nerves sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's like, no, I, it's never the yelling and that that is no more. And if there's a disagreement, we're quickly to reset yep. because we feel it feels so strange, bro. Trying to, to go about my day and my wife is offended by something I've said. Yep. You know, I'm a comprehensive man now. I need to be sensitive enough to say, hey, no, 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 no. That's me. I'm hurting myself. We're one flesh. If she's yep. hurting, I'm hurting. And I'm sorry. And so I hope that helps the young man or man that's listening. Take your time. And again, if I pray that my book, Battle Cry, it's not the answer to everything, but I've, I've given men what works for me, man. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will expound upon that in a way that's personable for them. I purposely don't teach out of a template model with my boys here in the academy. I teach each individual differently. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would just use battle cry to help unpack some other things in their lives that I don't even mention. Mm. But battle cry is a great tool to use to help dig up what's hurting. If you're listening right now, I just want you to kind of next steps. Number one, take that advice that Jason just gave. And I think our tendency as humans, not even just as a man, but especially in 2021, is just to run to the next thing and fill it with time and noise. And so you're listening to this podcast and you're going to turn it off and you're going to jump into work or just move on to the next thing. And I just want to encourage you, man, if you're listening right now, just pause and ask the Holy Spirit, what is it? What would it look like to be free? What's stopping me from freedom? What's the thing that I've, I've heard Jason say this before, but I've I've allowed the, the pain to time travel. It happened this many years ago, and yet it keeps coming up with me. I've brought it up here. And so just ask the Lord, like, what does it look like to be healed from this? What is it that's stopping me? Where is the shame or the hurt or the fear or whatever that's acting as a roadblock? I, if you want to be the man God's calling you to be, you got to ask some hard questions internally and ask the spirit to reveal things in you that you may not even know are in there or that you've put real deep in there. And then the second thing Excellent. I would yeah, second thing I would say is go pick up the book, man. It's good. You've obviously heard we've, we've been talking for an hour. Jason's got a lot of wisdom, but imagine if he gave you a whole little book <laughs> that, that would tell you here, do this, do this, do this, and think through this and ask you a good question. So go get, go get the book. It's good stuff. But man, Jason, 
God, uh, his, his anointing is on you, bro. And what's amazing about that is you're given you, you keep, you're a mirror that keeps pointing back to his glory and all the good things that he's doing. And so it's fun to see God through you and the way that he's using you. All of us are, we'll be here and gone. Cave will be here and gone. Dad tired, come and gone. All this stuff comes <laughs> and goes, right? Uh, yes. But the, the glory of God does not, the kingdom of God mm. keeps advancing. And so mm. seeing his kingdom advance through you, man, it's a, it's truly an honor. And a, it, it's so fun to hang out with you today, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, my man. It, it really means a lot, man. And if we just all can remember that we're just vessels, mm. if we're, ju- we're just vessels that he wants to use, yep, man, we're really, you talking about advance the kingdom, get, get it off of us, keep it focused on him. Yeah. You know, I don't want... If I make a mistake, people to fall out with him. I'm just a vessel. Yep. He's using me. He's still almighty. He's still faithful. He's still long suffering. He's That's still right. slow to anger. That's right. He's still just. He's still merciful. That's the way. Yep. That's the way. And um, thank you for the opportunity, man. It's good seeing your face, man. Good and, you uh, too, man. It's always an honor and uh, a gr- I always have a good time talking with you, man. I appreciate it, man. I'm coming to Detroit. I'm going to do it. Please, just, man. Just let wanna, me know. I, I know you're busy, but I'm going to buy you lunch or sneak in. I'm just going to sit, hey, sit in the cave, do something. I'm you coming. let me know. You said the magic word, lunch. So you <laughs> let me know. <laughs> we can we grab something to eat, man. That'd be really cool, man. All right, man. We'll make it happen. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, bro. Hey guys, I hope today's episode was helpful for you on your journey of becoming a more whole, comprehensive man. As a reminder, we are a nonprofit ministry. We're trying to grow our team and ministry to serve more guys around the world. If you're interested in becoming a monthly partner, we would love for you to join us. You can go to dadtired.com forward slash give and become a monthly partner. Again, that's dadtired.com forward slash give. Thanks for considering. Love you guys. See you next week. (laughs) 